From Bumble Australia and Shameless Media, this is Love Etc. When my love takes me home, it's one of five in a 30 mile zone. No matter who you are, the chances are your life has been touched by cheating. Perhaps it was your parents or your high school boyfriend, or maybe, just maybe, it was you. Welcome to Love Etc., where your hosts, Michelle Andrews and Sarah McDonald. Hello, you're listening to Love Etc., a podcast by Bumble Australia, the social networking app where women make the first move. Today, we're bringing you three stories. Someone who discovered the love of their life was sleeping with somebody else. Someone whose relationship began with a betrayal. And finally, someone who did something she never thought she was capable of. Three women, three stories, three very different outcomes. And we're going to start with Jess. When Jess met Mike at a bar in the city, she was still recovering from a breakup with her ex-boyfriend. Jess wasn't looking for anything new, but there Mike was, tall and handsome and very, very keen to get to know her. I met Mike out at the deck (laughs) one night um, and I'm not really a party girl, so it was kind of like rare that I went out and, you know, it was very last minute decision. And um, it was one of those moments where I kind of saw him across the room and actually just... (laughs) I was like, who is this six foot five stunning man? And I pointed at him and I pretended that I knew him. It was my pickup line, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, yeah, we exchanged numbers that night and he really wanted to go out for like a good couple of months. And he was really like trying really hard, sending me cat videos. (laughs) And you weren't interested in in dating him in those first few months? I just felt really um, wounded and a little bit terrified of getting involved with someone after what had happened with my previous partner. And I kind of touched on that a little bit with him. I said, you know, I've just come out of a really messy breakup and he just persisted. And then one day I kind of was like, fuck it, I'm just going to I'm just going to go out on a date with you. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. What's it like to deal with those emotions and then also think, okay, I'm going to dip my toe back into the dating scene. It was hard because I knew that I would feel better if I started dating someone, but I also felt at the same time that I wasn't ready. So it was this kind of like pull between, do I go? Do I not go? In the end, I was just like, I'm just going to go. And at least, you know, I'll figure out if I'm ready or not to start dating again. Tell us about that first date. So he picked me up in his parents' car. (laughs) I found out he bought um, shoes, especially for the occasion, which I thought was quite cute. Um, And uh, we got takeaway, bought it to my house and went and got Yochi. I love frozen yogurt. (laughs) So it was a pretty, pretty placid kind of date. It wasn't anything intimidating. Um, but I do remember we were in the car on our way back from frozen yogurt and I, I don't know, I just felt this need to kind of explain to him what had happened and I told him everything. <laughs> Jess was still nursing some bruises from her last relationship, which ended when she found out her ex Ben had been cheating on her with another woman for six months. Pretty quickly, Jess decided to tell Mike what had happened and why she was so hesitant to start dating again. 
He was shocked. Um, He's not the best with words. (laughs) He kind of tried to say the right things and said that, you know, it was obviously unacceptable behaviour and just mentioned that he couldn't believe that anyone would do that to another person. And I guess from that conversation, I felt really at ease with him and I thought, well, this guy's not going to do this same thing to me. So it was all kind of go, go, go from there. Even from the very early days, it was clear to Jess that Mike was something special. I liked that he was really, he was persistent, but not in an intimidating way. And I think that's what I really needed. I needed a guy who was going to be really gentle with me and not pressure me into anything and just kind of like be a friendly kind of ear. And I just kind of felt a sensitive vibe from him. So that really kind of drew me towards him. He was like my best friend. Yeah. I feel like it's really cliche when people say that and you kind of think, oh yeah, sure. But we like spent all the time together. We told each other everything. Yeah. He was just that person that I would go to and I was kind of that person for him as well. We were really inseparable from the get-go and everyone was kind of, we were kind of that couple in the group where people would say, oh, Jess and Mike, like, you know, they're perfect. They're couple goals. Yeah, so that's that's really hard to kind of grasp. When you look back on the good times, what are your happiest memories? Happiest memories, I mean, it's probably like the lamest things, like just sitting on the couch with him and spending time with him and having him there, like, you know, during the good times and during the bad times as well, like... You know, it's and it's really hard when you like lose that one person, I guess, or when that one person betrays you. Before long, Jess and Mike decided to buy a cat together. Then later, a house. So we're both huge animal lovers and he grew up with heaps of animals and I'm the same as well. And we just, yeah, we really wanted to get a cat and we live in an apartment. So, I mean, cat was the easiest option for us. Yeah. So we got a cat and I'm like a big Harry Potter fan. So we called him Draco Meowfoy. (laughs) Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was really exciting. And And when about the house, how long were you guys dating for before you started having conversations about buying something together? We kind of talked about that like right at the start, but we weren't really in a financial position until maybe four years into the relationship. We just got back from living in the UK together and we had to move back in with my parents to save. And yeah, we managed to do that and then bought a place. At the time, I was the one who was in the position to put the most money into the deposit. So I ended up putting in like 90% in, but you know, I didn't care. It wasn't, it wasn't about the money. What did your family think of Mike? In the early days. They loved him. Like he, yeah, he pretty much lived with my family for a lot of our relationship. My brother really looked up to him. My parents thought of him as, as a son. Did your insecurities from your first broken relationship ever rear their head over the course of that six years? They did. Like I did think about it. You know, there'd be times where he'd go out without me and that was my choice because as I mentioned before, I'm not like a huge party animal. It's not necessarily always my scene. I never spied on him. I never looked on his phone or anything like that. He never gave me any reason to believe that I couldn't trust him. Was that a big thing for you that almost I can imagine if I had been cheated on in the past, I would be really wanting to check myself and make sure that I don't let previous experiences taint my experience here so was it kind of like you wouldn't even let yourself think that way I tried to kind of just block it out of my head and think well no like he told me he won't do it so you have to believe him 
Things were blissful. Jess and Mike were that couple, the ones you look at on Instagram with envy. They really did have it all. But then, one weekend, when Jess was away on a modelling shoot in Sydney, their perfect lives and perfect relationship took a turn. Tell me about that morning where everything changed. Walk us through that day. So I had been away previously. I'd been in Sydney for a work trip and I got back Monday, a week had passed. We were a few months out of um, moving into the apartment that we bought together and he was so excited. He would drive past every day, take photos of the progress, you know, really making plans. And I woke up that morning. It was just like any other morning. He's a very affectionate person. You know, he'd always take the time in the morning to kiss me goodbye and like pat me on the head (laughs) which was really nice it was just really nice thing that we had and remember going out for brunch with my friends that day and I mean as usual they'd they'd ask you know how's Mike going you guys seem really happy and I was like yeah like everything's fine I, I literally had nothing to contribute to the conversation because I was like look we're just in a really good place I'm really happy Like, little did I know that, you know, three hours later, everything would absolutely come crashing down. So I was on the computer. um, I was writing a blog post. I'd just been to Bali and I'd um, had to write up some content for that. And yeah, I went on, I went to sign into my emails and it had signed into his because we use like the same email browser system didn't think anything of it as I said I've never wanted to spy on him never felt the need to and I was about to log out but I just saw this uber receipt that said your Saturday morning trip with uber I just remember thinking like why would he be catching an uber on a Saturday morning and I clicked on it and it was leaving our apartment at 12 30 in the morning when I was away in Sydney and going to this address. And I didn't initially recognize the address, but I typed it into my phone and it was the address of a girl in our friendship group. And in that moment, I just, I knew. when you connect those dots in your head but you don't have firm answers yet and you know this girl and she's your friend and you've had so much trust in Mike this entire time what then happens like what's the next step even for you did you descend in complete into complete like emotional chaos or I I think I had a panic attack I mean I yeah I do have anxiety but I'd never experienced anything like this before I felt like I couldn't breathe like my I was getting pins and needles in my legs and my hands and I this went on for maybe like 10 minutes and I was alone in the apartment I just didn't know what to do I I managed to get it together somehow and um, he was due to be home in about 10 minutes so I called him just to check where he was at pretending like everything was fine because you know you don't want to be that crazy girl who just like he walks in the door and you just start screaming at him and be like, what were you doing? (laughs) Yeah. So I managed to just keep it together and he came in, acted like everything was fine. Seemed like he was really happy to see me after a long day at work. And I just asked him what he was doing. What did he say to you? He 
told me that um, a whole group of his friends had gone to her place to have some drinks. And I knew he had a friend over that night because I'd left for the airport and I'd met this friend. And I just thought, oh, just two mates. They're just going to watch the footy, have a couple of beers. And that was going to be it. I remember calling him from the hotel room and he was like a little bit drunk and said, oh, I'm going to go to bed now. I love you. And everything was fine. I slept soundly. <laughs> little did I know what was going on. So he tells you this story that he's just going over there with a group of mates and it wasn't just him. It was other guys at this girl's house. What did you then say to him? I think I believed it for maybe like five minutes and I was like, I was just like, well, then why didn't you just tell me that, you know, you were doing that? And he was like, oh, I thought you'd be annoyed that, you know, I told you I was going to go to sleep, but just something didn't feel right. And I just knew, I just knew there was more to it. So I said, you know, if I were to go and ask your friends, would they confirm that they were there? And that's when he just, there was silence and he just said, well, no. And I just, I was just like, he didn't even have to say it. I just knew. Did you demand details in that moment? What what was your initial response? Um, so I said, well, what happened? He was like, oh, she's been really upset lately. So she wanted someone to talk to. <laughs> I'm just like, you don't go to a girl's house in the middle of the night drunk while your partner is away and just talk. I just, I just don't believe that. I mean, I agree, men and women can be friends, but I just think that situation is just all wrong. And what did he say? Did he ever admit that something more had happened? How did you get to the bottom of it? I just kept saying, no, I don't believe you, I don't believe you. I just, I ended up going, you slept with her, didn't you? And he just kept denying it, denying it. I was like, you did, didn't you? And he eventually just said, yes. Do you break up in that moment? In that moment, I was just so furious. It wasn't a case of like, I didn't break down and cry. I was just, I was just kind of disgusted. Um, I just said, get out. (laughs) And I remember (laughs) he he just went to leave. And I, I don't know, I was so, my headspace was all over the place in that moment. And I remember like going through the bathroom and like, throwing his cologne down the stairs and like just like that's what I wanted to do in that moment it was it was weird (laughs) and the girl your friend you've been friends with her she has seen your entire relationship unfold do you message her do you call her do you no no I didn't want anything to do with her there's nothing that she could have said to me that would make it better or make me change my opinion of her I just think you don't ever do that to another woman I would never do that to another woman, even if I didn't know her. Um, And on the other hand, how can you be attracted to a man who wants to do that to another woman? So there just was, sitting in her pure, raw, unencumbered heartbreak, facing the reality that she hadn't just been cheated on once, she had now been cheated on twice. I was always super black and white about cheating. Um, I always said, you know, if it happens again, that's it. But I found myself really conflicted. You know, we had such a huge history and, you know, I'd found out that he'd started designing an engagement ring and was like planning to propose. And, you know, we had this place together and I was just like, can you really throw that all away? Because I acknowledge people can make mistakes. But I think it was the fact that 
you know, he denied it. And I don't think he ever would have told me if I hadn't have been on the computer that day. Perhaps if he had come to me the day after it happened and said, I made this terrible mistake. I want to make it up to you. I want to do everything in my power to fix this. Then maybe things would be different and I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Yeah. Do you think it has happened in the past? Look, it wouldn't surprise me. And I still think about it. I think, you know, how long has this been going on for? You know, I've since found out that they were in secret contact behind my back for like the entire six years that we were together. And, you know, it's it's fine. Like, you know, they can message each other or whatever, but it's the fact that they had to hide it, which makes me think that, you know, there's more to this story than I'm being told. Did they start dating? Yeah, apparently they're dating now, which just proves to me, you know, it was such a mistake because that's how he sold it to me. You know, it didn't mean anything. It was a mistake. I didn't mean it. But I guess, you know, once you find out that they're they're dating and they're together now, it's just it just proves it. Did he fight for you? When you discovered everything and you kicked him out of the apartment, did he try to get you back? He did a little bit, but he's also the type of person where when shit hits the fan and life gets hard, he just kind of crumbles into a ball. You know, he's had issues at work before and I've kind of suspected like issues with his mental health and he doesn't really have that resilience to pull through. And, you know, when I saw that he wasn't at my feet begging me to forgive him I was just like it's not worth it I want someone who's gonna be all or nothing what happens to a friendship group when this happens this was like really devastating and yeah something I thought that wouldn't upset me as much as it has but you know they know everything like I I contacted a lot of them in the days afterwards because I was just like I want to make sure that everybody knows like what actually happened I don't want to give him the chance to drive this narrative and you know everyone said all the right things they were like disgusted in what he'd done and what she'd done as well because obviously they know her very well but everything just fizzled and I stopped hearing from them and that was it and like I acknowledge that you know I came into the group so there's always going to be that loyalty to him first But it's just like, it's really, I just can't wrap my head around it because I think if my friend had done that to their partner of six years, I'd just be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like that's, that behavior is not okay. What Jess learned in the most difficult way is that when you lose a six year long relationship, you don't just lose a significant other, you lose a whole family too. In the days after his mum and his sisters came over and we all just cried. (laughs) It was Oh my God, it was, yeah, it was so hard. They were so shocked and disgusted. I just remember his mum kept saying, like, this is not how I brought him up. I never, like, I I could kill him. (laughs) How does betrayal like this change you? I'm, like, terrified to start dating again. (laughs) And I'm like, how do I possibly explain this to a new partner what has happened to me without sounding like a crazy wounded animal (laughs) and I've I've had to really deal with a lot of like thoughts as in like why has this happened to me twice like have I done something like is there something wrong with me did I have some sort of effect on their behavior like I know it's I know it's not the case and I know 
their issues are their issues and they cheated because of their their own insecurities and their own problems but you can't help but kind of get into that headspace after it's happened twice in a row. You're a model I don't know if this is projecting but do you think on some level that maybe these men feel threatened by you and by your desirability like objectively the world sees you as a desirable woman do you think there's anything in that that maybe they feel so insecure about that that they act out in this way? It's funny that you say that because I've been seeing a psychologist and she sort of kind of mentioned something along those lines. And Mike had even said to me on the odd occasion, you're too good for me, you're going to leave me. I mean, I don't know if that's him trying to kind of like plant the seed to like end the relationship, but he was definitely insecure at times with what I did for work. What's next for you? Oh. God. (laughs) I've sold my share in the property that we bought, which I think is going to be a good thing because I couldn't imagine moving into a place that we had bought together, even if we hadn't moved into it. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to work on healing myself, um, have time for me. I'm kind of one of those people who, when they're in a relationship, they just, they don't give enough time to their own goals and bettering themselves. So... I mean, that's going to be my aim at the moment. Yeah, the the thought of dating is very scary. (laughs) Do you have any contact with these men anymore? Would you ever consider having a conversation and sitting down with either of them to discuss what they did to you? I don't have contact with Ben, the first guy. Um, I have been in contact with Mike and um, a lot of it is my own doing because... And I know it's unhealthy, but there'll be times where I'll just be thinking, so was this a lie? Like, were you cheating on me then? Like, what did this mean? Like, why did you tell me that I was the best thing that ever happened to you? And then you did that. So I think because it's still quite fresh, I still have a lot of questions. And uh, you know what? I don't think I'll ever get my answers as to why he did it. But it's kind of just like the process I'm going through right now. As for other women who might have found themselves in this position too, Jess has some advice that she wants to give you. I would say to these women, don't blame yourself for what these people did. I spent a lot of time in the early couple of weeks where I was actually too embarrassed to tell a lot of my friends and my family because I felt like they'd look at me and be like, oh, like silly Jess, she's in this situation again. Like she's only got herself to blame. Just try and seek help out wherever you can. A lot of people have really surprised me. There have been people who have just been so amazing and so supportive. And I think it, it never um, never goes astray to also seek professional help if you're in that position. Um, I've, or, I've already been seeing a psychologist for um, anxiety, but being able to talk to somebody about what had happened and kind of getting a bit of an idea around how people work, how different people work and um, their commitment styles and attachment styles and stuff like that. I think has helped a lot and given me like a little bit of clarity on the situation. Coming up after the break, we hear from a woman who cheated and a woman whose relationship began with cheating. But first, it's time for a Bumble break. For this week's Bumble break, we're going to hear from Miko, who met her best friend Cherie using Bumble's BFF friend finding mode. So can you tell me about your first conversation with Cherie? 
it was last year. So there's this Bumble event wherein um, I wanted to go because um, I wanted to connect with more people. But mm-hmm. then I didn't have anyone to go with. So I tried swiping and looking for BFF like the night before. But like before that, I was trying to invite the friends that I've already met from, from the app. But they weren't available. So I tried looking for people who, who could join me for that day. And then I connected with Sherry. So then we started chatting. And then next day, she just went. And then we met there for the first time. That's amazing. And what did you and Sheree bond over? What did you have in? Um, what did you have a like? I guess. I think we we bonded over food and because both of us are just new in Australia, so so we get to travel around at, like together, and wow. yeah, usually it's just the food and and going around and we have like similar interests. So I think we we got along well. When I met her, she was just like it was her first week here. And I, it was already my first year, but then I didn't get the chance to go around because I didn't have friends. That's why I went to Bumble <laughs> to look for, for friends. That's amazing. Yeah. And what do you like about your friendship together? What are your favorite things? It's good to have someone who can who can just come with you around. Like after work, you get to meet your friend, do stuff together, watch movies, eat dinner. <laughs> and like yeah well well she helped me move apartment so she get she also gets to, to sleep over in my house <laughs> really yeah that's amazing you must mm. be pretty glad that you uh swapped right to her on yeah then. yeah i didn't really expect that the friendship would, would last long because some friends just fade away so mm. for this one it's just one that she stick around and like yeah we get along so well how long have yeah. you been friends for now one year one since, year. since the time, yeah, since the time that we met from the app and then we met until now, yeah. Sign up to Bumble Australia today and make the first move. One app, three modes, one mission. Anna was on a trip to Bali with some girlfriends from university when a boy named Marcus sat down next to her at a restaurant. It was one of those crazy nights in Mexicola. If anyone has ever been to Bali, I'm pretty sure you've been in there. And we were just sitting at this table and the whole night, you know, when you're like a group of girls and guys keep coming up to you and you're like, sorry, it's my friend's birthday, not today. So he sits down next to me and I turn around and I'm like ready to tell him, you know, no. Sorry, not today. I turn around and I just look at this guy and he had the most beautiful green eyes and I just couldn't get my words out. It was ridiculous and I'm not the type of person who is usually like that. So I just kind of stared at him and he's like, hey, how are you going? You know, in his Australian accent and I was just like, hey, (laughs) so nice to meet you. And honestly, what felt about five minutes... According to my friends, it was like more like 30. He was making all kinds of jokes, Australian banter, you know, that type of stuff. And he asked me to come out with him, his and like his friends, everyone that was there. He was on a footy trip, classic Australian boys. And I said, sorry, it's my friend's birthday. There's no way I could come with you, you know. And he kept saying, oh, no, like just one night. But I just told him no. Sorry. I'll give you I'll give you my number. 
And somehow I just ended up giving him my Snapchat, very millennial. While she was flattered by all the attention, Anna didn't think of Marcus as anything more than a flirty stranger. After all, her hotel was an hour-long drive away from his. And then on top of all of that, Anna lived halfway across the world in London while Marcus lived in Melbourne. After she left the restaurant, though, Marcus had other ideas. So he continues to text me, Where are you? What are you doing? And this was about 12 a.m. It was really late and I told him, oh, I'm, I'm at home. It's really far. It's an hour away. Don't bother coming. It's fine. And he goes, no, 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 no. I can't, I can't stop thinking about you. I want to see you again. I can't wait. And I was like, what is happening? Because I'm usually not the type of person who's like, oh, my God, this is an amazing guy. I need to see him again. I'm just like, whatever, you know. I'm not very romantic. I'm not very into this whole love at first sight idea. So I started to get really nervous. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to see him again if he actually comes. I didn't really believe that until he actually stood there in front of me. So he did come. It was about 1 or 2 a.m. at night. The whole hotel had been closed off. There was only one man still at the reception giving us a bit of a stare. (laughs) So I told him, look, you can't come up to the room because my friend's asleep. So we decided to have a walk on the beach. So there Anna and Marcus are on the beach having their first proper conversation in private. It was a night Anna looks back on as the most romantic of her life. I liked his courage and his banter and it was beautiful. It was a clear night. We could see all the stars and... We were just talking about family, friends, you know, all the important things. And it just came so naturally that I don't think I ever had that with anyone before. I literally met him, like, for an hour, you know. It was so weird for me. And we had this really good conversation and just we sat down on this little made-up thing on the beach and laid down and I was looking at the stars and just having a conversation with him and I just see this shooting star across the sky And I couldn't believe my eyes. And I'm like, oh, my God, Marcus, look, there was a shooting star. And he's like, oh, my God, I missed it. This is ridiculous. I've never seen one in my life. And I think in the next two or three minutes, we saw about five shooting stars across the sky. And it just, it was so weird for me because it sounds so cheesy and so ridiculous. But it was like something had happened in the universe or like my universe, at least. It was so strange. And seeing those shooting stars just made it, feel more special and more important in a way. The next day, Marcus made all of his friends travel to see Anna again at a beach club. She stayed with him the following night at his hotel and things between them were utterly blissful. That is, except for one teeny tiny thing. When Anna started talking to Marcus's friends, something didn't sit right. So then I started talking to those guys and I was like, oh, because I had added him on Facebook at that point and he hadn't accepted me which in hindsight should have been a red flag. But at the time, I was like, yep, he's just living his life in Bali, you know, no one's checking Facebook. So I mentioned that to one of his friends and he literally, within 0.2 seconds, he goes, oh, Marcus is never on his phone, you know, like, this is normal. I always wait days for him to reply. And at the time I was like, yep. Sure, that's a great explanation, you know, don't eat more. Um, So I stayed there that night and um, we spent the day together 
just me and him the next day and it was all fun like all his friends were making fun of him for just not being with them and me you know classic and then the next day which was which was going to be the last day so this is almost like you've spent three four days together and yeah. you have been inseparable since the moment you met yeah pretty much yeah we had, you know, breakfast together. We would have lunch with my friends. He would come with me to the, to see them. And then it was like we were together, you know. It was like we were a couple and we would, you know, I just have these memories of me, like, you know, how everyone has a scooter in Bali and he would sit at the front and I would sit at the back and he would just stroke my leg and I would just watch the sunset or, like, watch all the palms go by and it was crazy. It was such a good feeling, you know. I just felt so calm and happy and I didn't even think about that I had to leave him in a couple like two three days you know but then that morning Marcus was in the shower when his phone went off naturally curious Anna leant over to look he had a notification on Instagram saying someone had liked his picture and when I had asked him if he has Instagram to add him he said no so immediately then I was like, this is fishy, something's going on here, why would he not tell me that he had, you know, there was, it was weird. And he still hadn't accepted my friend request on Facebook, so, you know, women's intuition. I was like, something's going on here. So I went into the bathroom and I'm like, so you do have Instagram? And he's like, yeah, um, well, I don't use it that much, so, you know... I just didn't tell you. And I was like, right, so why don't you accept me then, you know? And he's like, um, yeah, I'll do that later. And I'm like, no, something is going on. There's something you're not telling me. Is it like, are you, is there someone else? Like, are you in a relationship? Is, did you lie to me? And he just stopped what he was doing and he kind of looked at me and just couldn't say anything. And that's when I knew that there must be someone else. I'm not the romantic type, you know. I don't fall in love in Bali. I don't feel that way it was like someone punched me in the face do you yell do you cry do you get Um, angry what do you do I get really petty I get like really you know like so you think you can lie to me (laughs) kind of thing um and I got really pissed off and I was like right you tell me now what's going on I'm leaving right now I'm packing my shit you know I can't believe you lied to me what is it and what was it what was he lying to you about so We had breakfast that morning. I was really pissed off, but the problem was all my friends were still an hour away and I didn't really have anywhere to go. And I always believe that you should give everyone the benefit of the doubt, which is hard in that situation. But I'm very level-minded usually. I'm very analytical and I was just like, look, it doesn't even matter because you're never going to see this guy again anyway. Who cares? Let's just get, let's just hang out, have breakfast, and he can explain it to you. So we had breakfast and then had a drink. (laughs) It was, I think it was 10 in the morning or 11 in the morning, and he continued to order a Long Island iced tea because he probably was feeling horrible. He needed it. (laughs) He needed it. 
Um, so he accepted all my requests and I went on his profile and it was him and this other girl. And I'm like, so is this your girlfriend? And he's like, yes. They had been together for a year. They lived together. I just, I was so disappointed because I felt like everything had been a lie. Like I imagined it and it wasn't real. And he told me that they'd been struggling, it wasn't a great relationship, he's been feeling like he should be breaking up with her for a long time, he never had a good enough reason for it. But I felt like that was just a very bad excuse because I'm personally, I would never stay with someone just because I didn't have a good enough reason, you know? I'm not like that at all. So I couldn't really empathise with that at all. And he continued to be like, I'm so sorry I lied to you, I shouldn't have lied to you. But I felt like I was doing the wrong things for the right reasons. As in, if I would have told you I have a girlfriend, you would have never, you know, we would have never connected like this. It would have been completely different. You would have just been like, no, don't even want to start this, you know. And then... I went into a kind of denial. I was like, all right, it doesn't even matter. You live halfway across the world. You literally live on the other side of the world. I shouldn't even care. We're never going to see each other again. I don't need you. You don't need me. You can do whatever you want with your girlfriend. She, does never, she doesn't need to know about this if you don't want to. I'm not going to force you to break up with your, your girlfriend because I don't even know you, you know? I went, I got really angry and I asked him to drop me off with my friends. I didn't want to see him anymore. I couldn't look at his face anymore. What do your friends say in that scenario? Were they furious? Oh, yeah, they were furious. He dropped me in front of a cafe they were at and I hadn't told them at the time because I was talking to him and he was standing there and I knew this was the last time I would ever see him and he was just standing there and I was so angry, but at the same time I felt so sad because I would never see him again. So I felt so conflicted and it was just horrible. And my friends were furious when I, I, I got there and I was like, oh my God, he has a girlfriend. They were like, oh, what a horrible guy. Here, have some cake, have a drink. We're going to do some retail therapy. You're going to forget about him. It doesn't matter. He's just some Australian that holidayed in Bali. It doesn't matter. He then continued to text me saying sorry, that it wasn't just a meeting. It was different for him. He felt very strongly for me, all, all, the, all that stuff. But at the time, I was very annoyed and very upset and felt betrayed because he made me an accomplice in a way because he didn't tell me. So I didn't really I didn't really believe him because you can talk a lot, you know, it depends what you actually do then. Actions speak louder than words. And just like that, Anna was back on a flight travelling to the Philippines while Marcus stayed in Bali. To her friends' collective dismay, she was still replying to his messages. My friends kept saying, Anna, stop replying to this idiot. What are you getting out of this? And I was like, I don't know. I just can't stop texting him. I can't stop. I don't know. I wasn't ready to just let him go, you know? Two days after he landed back home in Australia, Marcus had some pretty big news for Anna. 
his relationship was over. He called me and he's like, hey, I just moved out and I broke up with my girlfriend because I can see now that I don't want to be with her and it wasn't right and I think I'm in love with you. (laughs) And could you please come to see me in Australia? (laughs) After four days. Yeah. Did you feel like you loved him? I think... In hindsight, I definitely did because I remember I came back to London and I met a good friend of mine and told him about the situation. And he's very much the person that avoids getting into those situations because I said to him, look, he invited me to come to Australia and he said, Anna, don't go. You're just going to fall in love with him and then it's going to be all complicated and you're going to be in all sorts of trouble. But... When he said that, I realised that it was too late already, you know. I felt so deeply for him already that I didn't care. So and one then, month later you book your flat? Yeah. And this was, I mean, I am very privileged in the sense that I could ask my parents to help me pay for the flights. and all. I mean, not everyone can do that. Just be like, oh, yeah, going to Melbourne, you know, for like three weeks. But my employer at the time, they were really easy on me with, like, when to work, when not to work, because it was sort of an internship, but not paid really well. So they were like, it's fine, you can go. And then, yeah, I booked my flights and we didn't stop talking for all that time. We would speak pretty much every day. There were occasions where he had to be like, look, don't text me or call me for the next two hours. I have to pick up some stuff from the flat and I don't want her to see that you, you're you texting me because I don't want her to think you're the only reason that we broke up. You're like a tiny portion of that. What do your friends say when you say, I'm flying back to this to Australia to see this guy? They said, this is a dumb idea, <laughs> of course. But I actually made a deal with him. I said to him, if you come to London, I'll come to Australia. So he booked his flights to come to London with me and I booked my flights to go to Melbourne. So we were flying back together on the same flight to London. Yeah. So I was going to Melbourne for three weeks and then we would go back to London for three weeks together. Yeah. So you committed to six weeks together? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) After four days? Yes. After their six weeks together, three in Melbourne, then three in London, Anna and Marcus spent six months doing long distance, trying to figure out how they were going to make this work. Eventually, it was decided. Anna would move to Melbourne and they'd live together. How does it feel to go into a relationship with someone who you probably don't trust or might suspect that they will be unfaithful down the track? That's a really good question because that's the first thing I thought about because you know that saying you lose them how you get them or something like that that's literally what I was thinking about but I told I actually I was really honest I told him how I felt and I told him that that's a concern for me um but he he just felt drawn to me just like I felt drawn to him and he said look I wouldn't have done all of this if I wouldn't feel like that towards you and at the end of the day as he said It wasn't just me. I wasn't the reason that he broke up with that girl. It was more that 
I was the last straw, kind of, because then he realised what it could actually be like to be with someone he would be happy with and not argue with all the time or have issues all the time. Was it even that you felt like your bond was stronger than anything else? Yeah. That you guys had such a strong connection that no matter what, you would survive it? Yeah, I think we just had such a strong connection and he was like my best friend immediately I could I knew I could speak to him about anything he wouldn't judge me for anything I could just be honest about anything that I had wanted to and yeah it's just I can't even describe how it felt it was just it was just so good still to this day like his brother always makes fun of us like saying get off each other because we're just so I don't know I'm so in love and so is he you know his family's never seen him like this they're always like oh my god he's literally so in love with you and how's your relationship with Marcus now oh it's very nice it's I think because we were apart for so long because after obviously I had we had been together in London he had to fly home and I had to stay there and I think being away for so long and not being able to be with each other just makes us appreciate each other so much more now. Like every day, if I come home or he comes home, we just, we hug each other and we tell each other that we love each other. And there's just, I think, so much appreciation of being able to be together that a lot of couples who are so used to being together and seeing each other maybe don't have. I think that makes it extra special in a way. We live together in Northcote. We fostered a dog together. Yeah, we've been on little holidays together. Yeah, it's honestly, it's I could, it's hard because I, obviously I don't know that many people in Melbourne and I'm still new. And if you don't go to uni, it's very hard to find friends very easily. But I just, I'm very happy to be with him, and I couldn't, I couldn't imagine not being here with him, honestly. How do you feel about cheating now? To me, cheating is one of the worst things you could do. Cheating is unnecessary. Cheating is something that can be avoided, I think. I think it depends. It also depends what you do after you cheat. You know, there's cheating and there's cheating. You can cheat with someone else, come clean, and then be like, look, this actually made me realise that so-and-so. Or you can cheat continuously and betray your partner. But I also have a very strong opinion in the sense that if you cheat, it's almost your responsibility. It's not your partner's responsibility. You're the one that has to live with cheating on someone and that constant paranoia or... I don't know, I think it's almost worse for the person that is cheating than for the person that's being cheated on because hopefully, obviously, you'll find out at some point and then you can move away from that person. But I don't know if I could ever live with myself, you know, to continuously cheat on someone and betray them in such a way because I think that's just very deep emotions and to betray someone in such a way is just horrible, I think. It just ruins their trust for future relationships. So we've heard from the woman who was cheated on and we've heard from a woman whose relationship began with cheating. So what about the woman who did the cheating herself? 
The first time Em met Harry, they're in high school and he was dating one of her friends. So I met Harry because he went to primary school with a friend of mine. So we had a big group of friends in high school and he was actually going out with another one of the girls in the group. And then over the years at high school, we sort of changed friendship groups and didn't see him for two years and then ran into him at another 18th birthday party and we started talking again and hanging out and then sort of towards the end of that year we decided that we wanted to start going out. Em was young, just 18 when she met Harry. She was attracted to him because he was so different to her. We definitely push each other in very different ways where the complete opposite, he's very articulate and thinks everything through and I'm very just get up and do it and not really think about the consequences. So in that way, together we were always better than apart. Those first few months, she says, were reminiscent of most high school relationships. Very high school relationshipy. Looking back, it was you'd see each other at the parties on the weekend and maybe after school you'd hold hands walking home from the bus. Like it wasn't anything more than that, really. It was very teenage and the commitment I don't think was what it is now as a, you know, 20-something You have much different priorities. How was that when you say the commitment wasn't the same? Was it that you would both kind of look outside the relationship every now and then or you'd notice guys or you just didn't feel like this was a one and done thing? Yeah, I think being 18, you sort of don't – I didn't ever expect that that would be it. It was like a trial run, I guess, if you like, and then see what you sort of like in a partner and what you don't like and sort of then – develop on from there there wasn't sort of many people that I knew that had one relationship and that was it so after six months together Em ended the relationship she felt like there was more out there more of the world to see more people to meet I broke it off I decided that I didn't want the pressure of being in a relationship that was becoming very serious very quickly And I wasn't ready to put my life on hold for someone else. So I wanted to travel. I wanted to work in a different state. I wanted to volunteer my time. And I felt like I couldn't do that completely and also consider someone else's feelings and um, time in where I wanted to take my life. So I decided it was probably more fair to do our own thing than to string each other along and no one could sort of move forward. So I was living in rural Australia, working in an Aboriginal community. So I was doing the absolute opposite to dating and seeing other people. Um, For that year, I was working in a school and just gave everything to that experience. I took the time to learn about myself and learn about the country and different people. And I really wanted to make the most of that experience. So you got home and did he come to you straight away and say, it's you? So when I first got home, I sort of just stayed at home for the first couple of weeks to readjust to life in Melbourne. 
and he wanted to hang out a lot and talk a lot and I was just sort of not interested at all. I'd just gotten back and I was like, no, but I did. I had missed him a lot and I'd missed um, the place that he filled in my life and I definitely missed the way that he thought things through and his sort of more considered view on the world because I had no sort of thought processes I'd just do anything and then deal with the consequences and so that got me into a little bit of trouble so I did miss his influence on me Um, but he came over a couple of weeks after I got back and he sort of said I we're apart for a year and I don't want to do that again if you want to go somewhere I want to come with you and if you'll have me I want to be with you and it was what I wanted I decided that it was what I wanted and I was a better version of myself when I was with him. Um, He's a very gentle person and he's very kind. He would do anything for anyone and he always puts himself last but in a very careful and sensitive way. He would never make someone feel bad if he needed to help them. It didn't take Em being home for very long for her to realise it was Harry who she really wanted to be with. Pretty much straight away and it was pretty full on and my family have always loved him and got along really great with him. So he was coming over all the time and sort of helping me readjust to my back to normal life. At this point in her life, as Em begins reacquainting herself with home with Harry by her side, she's also especially close with a boy called Nick. Nick and Em had been friends since their high school days. Nick has been one of my best friends for years, since probably year 10 at school. We've been really good friends in like a big sort of friendship group. There was lots of boys, lots of girls, everyone just hung out all the time and it was really just a really easy friendship. There was never any drama. It was just easy. Did you ever feel anything for him? I always had and probably will have somewhere a soft spot for Nick. Um, When we were younger, it was never really the right time. I liked him. He didn't like me. He liked me. I didn't like him. And we sort of did that sort of dance for a while but we always were really comfortable around each other and we were always happy to hang out together and it was just easy and fun. Harry knew of Nick but they went to different schools they didn't have the same friends the only connection they had was that they both knew me and they both were probably always a bit wary of the other so Mm. As much as could be avoided, they were never at the same events or parties. Em knew her relationship with Nick created an awkward dynamic. For one, Harry never quite liked being around Nick because he always suspected something might happen. It was an awkward dynamic a little bit, more so because Harry wanted to avoid Nick because he thought something would happen and I was spent so much time assuring him that it never would and that I didn't feel like that about him or if I did at one stage I don't anymore and nothing happened and nothing was going to happen so there was a lot of reassuring each other and I think once Nick got a sort of longer term girlfriend that 
everybody sort of knew, that's when things became a little bit easier. I felt like the trust was a bit stronger because he had someone else as well. While Em was dating Harry, Nick was dating a girl called Brittany. My relationship with Nick's girlfriend, Brittany, was we'd been to school together. We were quite good friends through school. We did a lot of the same extracurricular activities. We hung out in a lot of the same circles. She wasn't my best friend, but we definitely had a friendship there. And I was happy for both of them that they were together. She was very, very clever, um, extremely, extremely clever. Um, and was always a genuine friend. Um, She had her sort of close friendship group, but she was always nice to everybody. Um, She was never one of those people that were nasty in the corridors at school or anything like that. Was Brittany ever suspicious about your relationship with Nick or your friendship with Nick? Did you ever feel that? I don't think that she was ever suspicious. She, over the years made a few comments like, oh, why aren't you two together? Or, oh, did anything ever happen between you? And whenever those comments came up at that point, nothing had ever happened. So it was always just a bit of a joke and we would always laugh about it and always laugh it off. So I'm not sure how much actual suspicion were behind those comments, but I would presume that it was something that she had thought about. So Em had been home for two months and her relationship with Harry was going pretty well. They were strong. They weren't just in it for fun. They both knew they were in this for the long game. And then she went to a party. Yeah, so two months back, went to a party. Harry wasn't there. Nick and Brittany were both there. It was at Nick's house and it was for one of his friends. It was some random event that ended up at... And after sort of most of the party was over, Brittany went home and I decided that I was going to stay there. And Nick and I and a few of the other boys, we were just chatting and it was fun and normal and nothing was sort of anything more than that. And it, the night got later and more drinks were had and then Nick and I went upstairs and ruined a friendship and never spoke about it since then um, with anyone else and even between the two of us it didn't come up. As soon as it was done I wanted to go home because I knew that I would stuffed up Um, but on your pee plates you can't you have to wait till (laughs) till the morning to drive home Um, so that was a bit awkward and a bit uncomfortable and there was a lot of apologizing to each other that we'd not been strong enough to stop it from happening before it went too far. We didn't really talk about telling our partners. It was sort of like a, oh shit, let's pretend it never happened. And it was without talking about it fully with each other, that was the assumed how we left. It was this never really happened, let's pretend it never happened because it shouldn't have happened. I definitely wish that I could change my decision of what happened, but I also think that 
I would have always wondered if there was anything there until it happened. Whereas now I don't, I'm not confused at all. I don't sit now and wonder, I wonder if there was anything there with Nick. I know that there never will be anything. So it was sort of closure on this sort of back and forth relationship that went on for years without anything actually eventuating and now it was it was ended so in some ways the cheating made you more sure of what you had with harry yeah absolutely so strange (laughs) her relationship with nick then began to disintegrate around nick i wasn't too worried we stopped hanging out as much as we were and we stopped sort of messaging each other every day. It became like any other sort of distant friendship rather than the sort of really strong best mate relationship that we had until then. I, he decided that he wanted to put a lot of time into his relationship and I decided I wanted to put a lot of time and effort into mine to try to make up for what I'd done without actually telling Harry why I was making up for something that he didn't know about at the time. I think I tried to be as normal as possible around Harry, but when you're trying, I think it's a lot harder than what you think it is. And someone who knows you really well, I think can tell. I felt really guilty because I'd felt like I had really betrayed him when if he had done the same to me, I don't know how I would have reacted. So... I think I wouldn't want to know if it was the other way around, the exact same situation didn't mean anything or eventuate into anything. I don't think I would want to know. So I think that's what made me decide that I wasn't going to tell him. M says the infidelity didn't make intimacy difficult, nor did it really eat away at their relationship. The struggle, she says, was mostly internal. Honestly, it didn't make anything else really difficult I don't think uh for me I think it was mostly internal like struggle that I was going through I don't think much else suffered because I'd been away for a year doing what I was doing and he'd been at home at uni I sort of always justified it in my head that oh well who knows what he was doing while I was away so I think that's how I justified it for myself. Um, So that was sort of something that made it easier for me to go through it. So after that night happened with Nick, I tried really hard to make it really evident just how committed I was by being there at all the events that I needed to be at and not going out all the time just with my friends and being sort of an actual girlfriend (laughs) really, which a lot of people were anyway, but that was always difficult for me. I had have a lot more friends and forgot a lot of the time that I was in a relationship with someone else. So I would do my own thing. And so at that time I really tried to be in a relationship with someone and we were a team and we ended up becoming stronger because of all that effort. I just 
probably wish that the effort had been there anyway. And then last year, some two years after Em cheated on Harry, she got down on one knee. I proposed to him last year. Um, We were sitting on the bed watching TV and I sort of just said, it's probably about time we get married. And he said, okay, I've been thinking about it too. And then a couple of days after that, we went shopping for a ring. So it was really unromantic and boring, but it was very us. So it was still nice. Do you think on some level that was also another thing where you're in your head, were like, I want to make sure this guy knows how committed I am. Yeah, absolutely. And we'd um, bought a house, like we'd made other sort of really big commitments together and to each other and it just sort of felt like the next logical step and because he's such a thinker and writes pros and cons lists about (laughs) his toast toppings like I decided that he had said so many times that that was what he wanted I just decided to beat him to the punch (laughs) Em had never told Harry about that night with Nick until, well, she actually decided to tell you guys about it. So just before she sat down with us, she sat down with him. So we spoke about it and he sort of responded in a way that surprised me a lot. And he sort of said, I assumed something had happened and something had gone on and I didn't want to bring it up in case I was wrong and... You thought that I was assuming things. So, and he sort of said now it's it's been a couple of years since then and we're in a really good place and he didn't want to risk that by ever bringing it up. So, yeah, he said now it doesn't matter and as long as we're good from here, that's what's important. He's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I would have reacted the same if he turned around now and said, I was with one of my best friends. I don't think I would react the same. I think I would be mad. (laughs) Em rejects the idea that the cheating formed the basis of the relationship that she now has with Harry, though she does concede there was something that happened that night that forced her to reevaluate what she wanted, who she loved, and what her future was going to look like. I don't think it formed the basis. I think that would be giving it way too much credit. I think it was important at the time because it made me really decide what I wanted and the values that I held and in high priority and what I wanted to set as the basis for my relationship. I didn't want to be that person that nobody trusted in a relationship, which is probably at the time arguably what I deserved, but I didn't want that so I mean I really sort of forgot about it eventually because never spoke about it no one ever brought it up and now that we're in such a good place it was almost like it never happened does it almost feel like feel like it was a different person that did that yeah absolutely I've grown a lot since then and I definitely feel like it was a different person back then I was living a different lifestyle and had different friends and everything like that. So it definitely feels like I'm disconnected from that time in my life. I don't think I'm capable of doing that again, just because of how strong my relationship is now. I don't think there would be anyone worth ruining that for. 
As for Brittany, well, it's taken Em a bit of time to get her head around how she feels about that friendship and her betrayal from that side. I think because it's been a long time and Brittany is not with Nick anymore, I think that probably makes it a little bit different than if they were still together. I think I will never be the one to tell her face to face. I think that's Nick's responsibility. I feel bad for her because if she hasn't known and would have wanted to know, I think that's hard. But I think because it has been quite a while, I don't know if it would have a big impact on her life now, which is probably good because I would hate for that to hurt her now like it would have if she found out at the time. If I see Nick out, it's very rare and we will always be friendly and we'll always try to pretend like nothing happened because that's the safest way to stop people thinking anything did happen. I think because everybody sort of grows up and over time you sort of don't break friendships, but they just fall away. So people ask less questions if you don't see someone as often as you did when you were 18 or 20. So that's sort of been helpful, but it's always very amicable and nice. Em never saw herself as a cheater before she cheated. She never thought it was something she would or could do. But she did. So for the people listening who may have just found out that their partner slept with someone else, but who says they're madly in love with them still, she has this to say. I definitely didn't think that I was capable of cheating on someone. So I guess if I didn't think that I could do it, there's probably other people that have made mistakes that didn't think that they could either. So I think it would be really important to listen to the story and give the person time to prove what they are saying. If they say that they love you, let them show you that. If they mean enough to you, if they don't, then don't bother. (laughs) But if you care about them the way that they say they care about you and if they show you that, then just give them the time. Love Etc. is a production of Shameless Media. Sign up to Bumble Australia, the social networking app where women make the first move towards friendship, professional and romantic relationships. We will see you guys next Friday. See you then.